Down by the river, down by the river, we took a little walk, we took a little walk. I'm gonna tell you a story. Dirty Water Sports presents the Down by the River podcast with your hosts Tim Galicio and Paul Testa. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of Down by the River, a weekly podcast from the folks at Dirty Water Sports. I'm Tim Deloisio. He's Paul Testa. And Paul, uh, Red Sox are looking pretty good all of a sudden. Yeah, I, it's it's been quite, quite the road trip. I, I think I texted you after the Cleveland game, which I think was a week ago Monday, uh, that I felt like they they were on their way to blowing, <laughs> but uh, they ended up they ended up sneaking. I, I said I had them at two and five uh, through the seven the seven games of the week. Um, still thought there was a shot at that, but probably more likely three and four. I couldn't have been more wrong. They're they're clicking on every cylinder. The pitching is has been phenomenal, which. We all know once you're pitching well with a lineup like this, they're going to win games. So right. uh, it's it's been refreshing to see. Uh, there was that little uh, hiccup in Detroit, but I mean, at the end of the day, you went two and two in Detroit, and that was pretty good. Uh, with you know one blown game and one game that was a giveaway due to Eddie Rodriguez at five thirty deciding that um, I didn't want to pitch anymore. <laughs> and we'll get we'll definitely get to all the individual pitchers in the rotation and and what the Red Sox should do going forward. Um, but just to recap this road trip, I think I, I might have been two episodes ago we looked forward at the schedule and we we pegged this road trip right off. I mean, right then we said this is going to make or break the season and. You know, I mean, is it safe to say right now, Paul, that this road trip has put them in the postseason? I mean, are, are we are we there yet? I mean, it, because if you look at the distance between them and the and the second wild card, I think is they've got a three game lead there. Four, yeah, I'm just know. not ready to. I'm just not ready to do that yet. Not quite yet, um, uh, because then if anyone, I mean, look at look at um, Kansas City right now. They've been in the dumper all year, and they've rolled off I think nine in a row. Uh, showing really no signs of of slowing down. I think in those nine games they've outscored their opponents by forty runs. I mean, it's something it, they're clicking. So I, no, I'm not. When you have to play your team, your the, your divisional foes, the whole month of September. And Kansas, uh, I mean, and they have a three game set with Kansas City. Speaking of those Royals uh, right. coming up at Fenway, so you know that's. But you're right. That so right now the it's actually I was wrong. They they have um their I, this wild card standing confuses the hell out of me, Paul, because you got your your plus yeah. two over the second place wild card team. The third place wild card team's two and a half back of that, so you got to do some crazy math to add two and two and a half. They're actually four and a half up out of being out of the playoffs right now, and that's well, no. Seattle. No, yes, I, 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 right. Well, give me give me the standings. Read okay. it to me. Wild card teams: Boston yep. and Toronto. At plus two, tied right because one of them yep. is going to be the d- division. Right. So, right. so say they're plus okay. two. Baltimore. So even, Toronto goes down to and, one. Let's say, or we go down to one if it's if, if Toronto wins the division, we're the first wild card. Right. right. And, and in that case, we are. Um, so 
let's just assume Toronto wins. Uh, these are the standings. Toronto wins the tiebreaker right now, right? Um, the standings say Boston, wildcard teams, plus two games. Baltimore, even, mm-hmm. as the second wildcard. And Seattle is two and a half games behind Baltimore, meaning they're four and a half games behind us. Okay, gotcha. Right? Gotcha. So, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some distance there. And then that would put, you know, uh, Detroit then uh, five games back and Kansas City and Houston at um, – Six uh, six games back, right? Yeah, so, but I mean, it, it's still a logjam, and they have some time left. Yes, right now the way they're playing, they're in the postseason. I mean, if they if this continues, some, right? Yeah, they had a great month of April. They had a great, a phenomenal month of May. Yep. They had a terrible June. They rebounded with a couple of really good um, winning streaks in July, but then a really bad end of July and so far in August they've actually been a good team all year uh, they haven't pitched well all year they haven't hit well all year right now we're seeing that happening all at once yeah well you know Paul they if you look at it you really think about it they've been in the playoffs for like 98 percent of the season right there was just that one hiccup when Detroit passed them to get that second wild card but other than that they've been one of the the, the five playoff teams. Um, or sorry, yeah, five playoff teams, all but just that little period of time. So I mean, like this, you know, if you are what you are, or you know, what's the Parcells saying? You, you, um, you are what your record says you are. Right, they're, right. They're a playoff. I mean, the, this is definitely a legitimately a playoff team. Which I, you know, who who would have thought we'd be saying that? You know, kind of emphatically in July, end of July, when it looked like the wheels were coming off the bullpen you know, had totally fallen apart. Now, bullpen hasn't fixed itself entirely, but it's stabilized the ship a little bit. Um, no Jonathan Papelbon yet. <laughs> Still. What is going on with that? That is the weirdest thing yeah, ever. I, I heard Dombrowski today saying on, well, I think it was MLB radio or something, saying, we're just waiting to hear back from him. Yeah. We've already said, you know, we've, we've he, he intonated that, um, They've made an offer. They're interested, and they're waiting to see where he wants to go. Yeah, but he's just—I mean, I don't think he's pitching this year. I mean, it's already—it's—it's it's going on two weeks that he hasn't even pitched, and it just to me seems. Well, if he's not pitching odd. this year, Paul, he's not helping us. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's uh, not. But did you? I mean, did you hear today that Koji Uehara suddenly maybe is on the rebound? Aggressive bullpen. Um, sure that. Yeah, it, I'm not counting on that. I'm not. I'm not. It'd be nice. It, it would certainly be nice, and who, getting him uh, back to some semblance of what he was uh, would be would fantastic. Be, who, who would you have more confidence in? Like if they if if they came out of the bullpen in two weeks in a Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox uniform, uh, seventh inning, close game, Koji Uehara or Jonathan Papelbon. Oh, Koji, without a doubt. But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's what I kind of feel like. But I also think they could use both. To, I mean, like, you can't have enough enough bullpen arms right now, especially with the injuries that we have faced within our bullpen. I mean, come on, Tazawa is just done. He, no, he's, he's not. Done. Even, yeah. He's never. I mean, he should. How he's not DFA'd or just gone is is beyond me. Or put on the DL. I think they're waiting for a move to come back where they can put him on the DL. Because I guess you don't want to just DFA him, right? He's still only yeah, no, no. He's he's an asset. You know, like I don't think you. I I think if you can find a way to keep him in the organization, you do. Um, But he's clearly not right. I mean, the 
probably it, goes along the lines of, you know, probably shouldn't have thrown the guy 150 yeah. innings for the last three years. Um, and and then in those games that you didn't use him, just got him up and warmed him up anyways. Um, that's a good point, Paul. That's a very good point. Um, all right, so the, the, there's a lot to kind of break apart. It, you know, this win streak on this road trip, um, what do you? What do you think? What do you attribute the turnaround mostly to? I know you mentioned starting pitching, right? I mean, is that yeah. where it, is that where it begins and ends? Yeah, I mean, it really does. I mean, look, this, look there. Prices pitch for, for, really well. I mean, Price's ERA is four right now. Did you ever think we would say that? I mean, if he pitches another good start, he might be looking at like a three nine ERA. It's something we never expected. Um, the way that he started the season, Pomerantz has come around and pitched phenomenal since. Yep. Uh, since that first, really, that first start, I think he's had a really? two-five well, ERA. That, yeah. Well, so, but even those bad stuff, the, the second and third start. He wasn't were, going deep into the games. Right. Now he's now he's going deep. He didn't go deep the last game, but it was a rainout game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then you then you um, you got Porcello. That is steady, cool. steady, steady, Ricky. <laughs> it just really is. It's it's a pleasure to watch him pitch. You have um, Rodriguez uh, before the injury that uh, seven starts, I think, was in a, a 2-5 ERA over those seven starts. And, or somewhere before, around and before the hamstring jumped, had yeah. a no-hitter into the you know fourth, you know, fifth inning. Um, and now we and, got our annual Clay Buckholtz actually can pitch tease going on. Hey, Paul, uh, Paul, talk about good timing. Like, Clay usually does this beginning of the season, and then around now when you need him, he's on the DL. Yeah. It, this, this is amazing. I mean, this it's actually turned to the point where, um, you know, you have to significantly discuss picking up his option again and us going through this all over again. Well, I, th- I think the option is picked up even – the option is, isn't really a question in my opinion. You pick up the option because you can pick up the option and trade him in that contract based on what he's done in the last little bit and get something – I mean, he maintains it down the road and doesn't – like, I mean, he's still got – well, actually, I mean, Farrell, um, the Almighty, came out today and said that he's, he, you know, he's going back to the bullpen when Wright and Rodriguez go back. So oh, did that did that officially come out today? I know there was. That he said he Clay seems like the odd man out. Seems like the odd man out. Okay. Um, there's been but, a lot of there's been a lot of scuttlebutt around. Uh, I think Lou Merloni started it, and and others have picked up on it. A lot of the beat writers that, despite Pomerantz's excellent performance uh, as of late that maybe um, given his success as a reliever, the need for a lefty because a bad is a bad reliever um, and the innings or, questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that Pomerantz coming off of a, I think what 86 innings or 60 something innings going up to, to, you know, push 200 this year or, you know, that Pomerantz might be the better option and ride Clay's hot hand. I don't that that doesn't. I don't know that I want to agree with that, but I understand the logic. Yeah, I could understand that logic. I I think it's something. This is why Pomerantz was a three-year trade versus a trade just to help us this year. Right. Uh, you know these these were things that were going to happen. He's never pitched you know this many innings. Uh, it was going to be some some sort of taxing on him if he can go and solidify the bullpen. Uh, in shorter roles, I, I'm not against that. I actually think that's that would be a smart move, uh, as long as Clay can maintain what Clay has been doing. Clay looked great last night. I'm not. I mean, I, there's no one that's been harder on him than me. Uh, 
and he is he's throwing strikes. He's got confidence on the mound. He doesn't look lost. A little early on yesterday, he was thrown over first a little too many times, but you know he even kind of stopped that a little bit. Uh, it, it you can we know with this clay you can run a ten start streak with this with this clay, and you only and, need six, right? I mean, yeah. really five, maybe six starts. You know, here on out is is what you're looking for. Um, with all right, so here's what would you. Would you give Eddie Rodriguez one more time off in the rotation to make sure that he felt he was 100% healthy and ride out Clay and Pomerantz's hot streak one more time through? To... As long as it doesn't affect his arm and he can do a bullpen session and kind of do a simulated game, I'm okay with that. Like I, th- I think at that point, if you're skipping one, one more, you could probably retroactively DL him, you know, and 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 have him pick up. Because yeah, it what right now it's been what seven or eight days or more right but like since his start it's probably been I've been about eight days eight days yeah, I mean so it was, if you were to skip uh, one more start you could probably put him retroactive to that start and and have him come off you know into the rotation you know if you wanted to use that roster spot to call up Moncada yeah you could, I mean it... <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. That would. Be, speaking of Makata, his big competition showed up at uh, Tampa Bay today. Did you see that for next I, year? I, I saw that. All of a sudden, we have a little panda sighting down in down in the trop. <laughs> you know, look, pandas pandas love the tropical weather, Paul. I'll tell you, he looked. I I, I got to give credit. I don't know if it's, you know. There's certainly been bad photographs of him and belt splitting, but the guy he looked. They said he lost 22 pounds. I'm 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 sure he did lose 22 pounds, and I'm sure he put on some muscle and. Muscle weighs more than fat, whatever it is. He looked, he looked pretty good. It'd be, it, it would be nice. But the nice thing about that is, granted, we have um, Roy Hobbs playing DH right now. <laughs> Never, <laughs> um, but all signs indicate that he is going to retire. Uh, just hit his thirtieth home run tonight. Thirty Crazy. and one hundred in the same. Yeah. Like, talk about perfect. He's sitting on twenty nine ninety eight. And you, you just knew last night he came up with two men on. I said, oh, he could go over 30 and 100 right here with a home run. That, but that wouldn't have been good enough. That would have been 3101, Paul. Yeah, I think he wanted to hit thing. that number on the number. 3100. I think, so, what, how many times has he done that now for the Red Sox? I forgot. I just saw it. It, um, But it's it's astounding to think how consistently he has picked up those two numbers. Yeah. It, well, I mean, we've since 2003. I think it was probably all but one year, really, that 2006. You know, there was one year where he was like, I, I thought he was he was like 26 and 98 or so, like something close yeah. on both. Was that yeah. you know? And then one year didn't he? Well, but I'd have to look. Um, but but yeah, anyway, it's, it's what's amazing is it, it is he's leading the, lead, the the team in hitting too. I mean, average yeah. that mm-hmm. I, I, it, when his average started to dip. Um, and come down closer to 300, I thought, all right, you know, he's going to keep the power, but we're going to see him settle just around the 300 number. Um, and then all of a sudden, he had the, you know, he had a pretty weak streak there, and then, you know, he's now two for four, three for four consistently. Mm-hmm. He's 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 unbelievable. It's, it's the it's the greatest uh, last season of any any that I can ever remember. I mean, you you could say, okay, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Like his last season, 
But he, first of all, he was belittled. Know. He was belittled most of. The, he lost his job, then he was belittled right. for most exactly. of the season. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't even know he was retiring. Like at that, I mean, there there was no like this is my last year. Uh, it was a guy that couldn't throw and was re- clearly at the end of his career. This this guy's probably having it his best all around season. Um, in I don't know since. Since he oh, hit, seven? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, whenever, whenever, whenever he had the fifty-four home runs, I forget what, what when that was or whatever how many Andy he ended up with that year. I don't, uh, I don't know, Paul. A Rod might give him a run though. That I mean, the season <laughs> has been something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, next year I mean, now you have the flexibility. Like, I mean, if Panda comes back, we are kind of like Redemption Central. You know, Porcello comes back, starts off bad, yeah. like. What what if we can get something out of Panda over the next couple of years? He's our first baseman. Mercado's our third baseman. Hanley moves over to DH. Who knows? I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of possibilities uh, that can happen. But I I was impressed with how he looked um, from being away from the team so long because I think that was a worry for a lot of people was that he would just continue eating and eating and eating. He certainly could have self destructed and 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 watched his baseball career go by the wayside. Right. Then he but did I'm the not... best thing that any player in in, in 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 a Boston market could do is he took accountability for yeah. what he was. He's he he said, I learned a lesson. And really that's all we ever want to hear. And so I don't know if you're fully back in good graces, but I think I think maybe people are ready to give him another chance. I mean look, if i think if he came out and hit next year and we won't go down this trail too far, um that that he would easily be um, uh, uh, someone that the fans would embrace and, and embrace pretty quickly again. Um, you know, I think the fans wanted to like him the first time around, and then he royally screwed that up with his performance, and then you know his you know everything that went around him. Um, and but I think the fans would would love to reclaim Panda. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I, just look what they did for Hanley this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, so that's the other. I totally forgot Hanley. Complete redemption. <laughs> Complete redemption on Hanley. Uh, and and there was a guy for two and a half months that wasn't hitting, and people still loved him because he well, he's he could just catch a ball. He's just goofy, Paul. He's just <laughs> <Yeah>. goofy. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So we we made it this far, and you know, well, I don't know that we ever really settled our our uh, starting rotation. You know, discussion. I don't know that there really is the the only real answer that I think you can definitively go with is Buckholtz has to be the odd man out and go to the pen unless you're going to skip a you know unless you, you know, you're going to go with six or skip someone else because they're slightly injured. Um, but of the six starters, Buckholtz is number six at this time. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. I mean. Uh... No, it's definitely fair to say. Yeah, like, I mean, so I, if, I think it, it, I don't necessarily would say that he's six right now, like as far as talent wise. But here's the thing: none of the other five have done anything to lose their starting position. Right. He he was giving multiple opportunities to secure a spot in the rotation and pissed them away and got sent to the bullpen and is now filling in. But because he's filling in, that doesn't mean, I mean, again, we talked about it. Rodriguez, a 2.5 ERA over his last seven starts since he came back up. From and, Pawtucket. and the type of pitcher that like you would let's, let's fast forward this to, to the playoffs, right? Um, 
you're choosing three of these six starters to start in the first round of the playoffs, assumedly. Right. Let's not talk about setting the rotation for the wild card game. All right, let's just assume you're in a five game series and you you're you're going to be able to choose three, and they're going to go in some order. Which are the three that you would who that, which three would you like to see? Um, in that series, not taking into account the order, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I, I just yeah. want to know which three yeah, are going mean, to get the ball. Yeah, I mean it's easy. It's it's Price, Porcello, and Rodriguez. Yeah, I see, think so. I, and I think if if you can get Rodriguez, um, you know, healthy, and if he's this the the Rodriguez we had seen, I think he is the guy because um, right is scary in the playoffs, and he can be a really flexible long guy that can go multiple night, days in a row. Like he, you know, Wakefield played. Uh, you know, a role in um, in in the postseason in in a lot of ways didn't always work out the right way for him. But you know, I think that flexibility that he, that right presents as a long guy that could go multiple days and um, you know, kind of last out of an extra inning game, that type stuff. Um, Three but, innings, rain comes in unexpectedly, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, that you lose your starter. Yeah. he's someone that can come right in there and, and, so I, and give you multiple innings. There's, there's a lot of flexibility for Steven. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, John Farrell might have ended his career, so we don't even know if he'll ever pitch again. So well, that's a fair point. Um, and we know Drew Pomerantz is you know it's, it, you'd like to think he he could be your number three guy, but if you take Pomerantz and, and Rodriguez, one of those guys has proven he can pitch out of the pen. One of them never has, right? So like Pomerantz could be a huge uh, you know weapon. In the playoffs, out of the bullpen, I would put him as the number four guy ahead of ahead of Wright. If you were using four guys in a seven game series, I would give Pomerantz the ball in that fourth game. Um, yeah, and keep in mind too. I mean, some, sometimes in a five game series, the way things line up, sometimes you need four anyways. So, like, yeah. I mean, it a lot of different things could happen. Uh, but no, it's Wright is your fifth star. Is as good of a year as he had. The, the knuckleball and the we've just seen it in the postseason is very scary. Anything can happen. Like a pass ball, all of you know, runners on first and second, pass ball, runners on second and third. You know, a single uh, through a shifted infield and two runs scored, and and you're you're out of the game or you had a two one lead and now you're down three two. That's all because of the unpredictability uh, uh, thank you you knew i, was, <laughs> I knew i, I knew like, you were fishing for something there Paul. the unpredictability of the knuckleball i didn't know if it was unpredictability. <laughs> i actually was literally debating that in my head like what, what do i say here <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but that's absolutely right i mean as good as stephen wright can be um i just think by the the nature of the beast is is that you, you trust other guys more. <laughs> let, let let's just go like in May and June. Did you even think we were having this conversation? No, like I was thinking Joe like, Kelly was going to be the number two starter. Right. I mean, <laughs> like the, the fact that we 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 took the the all star pitcher and yeah. and we've thrown him out of the postseason rotation and he's really done nothing to deserve it. Right. Just goes to show how this rotation has turned itself around. I mean, how many times, Paul, did I say, doesn't this all change if David Price becomes David Price? Like, I, doesn't I would everything agree with that. change? I would agree with that, 
to uh, David Price was was a certain thing, but th- there was just holes every. I mean, every time Clay was going out, it was just boom. every time jo- you tried Joe Kelly, he right, sucked. Right, right. Eddie Rodriguez was going out there, he sucked. It wasn't just Wright that was sucking; they were all sucking, uh, except for Porcello and Wright. Yeah, uh, those were the only two that they were they were pretty pretty uh, much a staple in the rotation. But now we got we got five people pitching fairly well right now, uh, and and it's a good thing. To, and coincidentally, I heard this today, um, and want to get your thoughts on it. But this turnaround with this rotation has started with the hiring of Brian Bannister to a uniformed person, not in the dugout, yep. um, but working with the pitchers much more closely. Their ERA went from four five to three five since his hire. That's a great point. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I have much color to add, except the, I mean, his reputation was that you know he, he I think he could all, have I an impact, all, right? Like, I so, think it also kind of shows that uh, this was an inherited staff uh, to Dave Dombrowski, yeah. uh, where he slowly kind of feeling his way in there. And I will also, um, you know, obviously, you've been on the fire. Farrell bandwagon for a while. He's going to keep his job for the entire year, but I don't, I don't know, even like how far they go or whatever, like how secure he is. I mean, I'm starting to think it's not Lavello as well. Lavulo, Lavulo, Lavello, not him as well. I mean, I, I honestly believe uh, Dombrowski already has his guy picked. And I don't know when he's coming into the ro- into the fold. I have my thoughts on who it is. You think it's Brian Bannister, Paul? I do not think it's. I no. think Brian Bannister is the pitching coach, though. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that is that is the case. Yeah. Um, I kind of uh, I I feel like maybe you know it is a Larusa. It is a uh, what's Leland. his face Leland in uh, Detroit uh, for a stopgap, and then I I honestly. It's kind of weird that Jason Veritek's sitting in the dugout. I kind of get a little bit, and, and he's working closely with Dombrowski. I think he's being groomed to be uh, the young catcher manager that comes into this organization. Uh, and, you know, you follow Twitter, obviously. You know, Catherine Veritek tweets out something like, not this year, maybe not next, but right. someday. Baseball passion. That just kind of, and it's him sitting in the dugout at Fenway Park. I just found that an interesting tweet. I, I, I think that maybe conversations were going on. Yeah. Like if this homestand doesn't go well, we we might want to plug you in right now. I think that is. I mean, I, once again, I, I think um, this is Veritech. There is you know that, that often has a few interesting tweets to, to this. Right. Like she get, she pulls the you know the the blanket off of a, a little bit and, and gives us a look of you know oh, we didn't know they were in Boston. What are they doing in Boston? That that type of stuff. Um, <laughs> but. Who was it? Um, I think it was Shill on the radio, uh, in yeah, talking that, about that. yeah, talking about which people that he played with might be you know good uh, good managers, and said that Veritek, while um, you know absolutely prepared, smart one on one with the pitchers, was excellent, uh, was never uh, a you know a, a vocal guy in the clubhouse, a rally him type, and a rally him yeah, type guy in thing. front of in front of yeah. a, a large group of people, and that he felt like to, that was a pretty important part of that, today's managerial job. No, no, I can hear you there, Paul. Can you hear me? Tim? Yes, I can hear you. There you go. I got All you right, now. great. Um, yeah. But, you know, so he, he, 
I, I, how much of an how important? Let's just say that's not a strength of his, and something that he, um, it just yeah. doesn't come natural to him. Is, is that important, or is that just a stylistic yeah. thing? Um, first of all, I I think I would start that with I don't believe anything that Kurt Schilling says, like as gospel. You mean the state um, the state so- senator? Yeah, yeah, the future state senator from Massachusetts. Um, I no, I honestly don't like. I mean, he, if you listen to him on the radio, he says like he says things that just aren't true. Uh, like, so do I? Do I get that from Jason Verrett? Can I see him being like someone that was so focused on the pitcher at hand that he put all his attention towards that and didn't care about rallying the troops? Yeah, but that that doesn't mean that he can't rally the troops and, and do that. And I don't know how important it is to begin with anyways. I mean, can you picture Tony La Russa, like, you know, given the, the major league managers, uh, speech before it, you know, right, right. Let's go give him a big shit burger to eat. You know, like, <laughs> it's not that important. Right. And I, I, I just don't, uh, really get it. And I don't, I don't believe chilling and <laughs> anything that he has to say. Uh, thank you again for 2004. Really appreciate it. Uh, you were a great pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> now go you away. Are, you are a Fruit Loop. <laughs> um. Well, so cl- clearly, though, we do know that that Farrell has, you know, say, you know, I, all right. How much credit do you give Farrell for what's Zero. been going on? You don't give him any credit. He hasn't managed. To, I mean, no. Like, I, here's the I mean, thing. look, this, this, the, the ship is sinking. The wheels are off. Right. Someone, I mean, someone brings them back together or keeps the belief in them that they can be better, right? That they can do better. Someone sets the tone um, that allows that not to become, uh, you know, a, a losing streak that that continues and derails the entire season. Now, do if, I think he can? I think he can do that. I think he. I think the players nest, might like him and like you know could rally around him and he can give inspirational speeches. Um, but what I say, this winning streak, maybe they're playing better and more motivated because of it. But in games, still, when he has to make decisions, more often than not, he's making the wrong decision. Like he's not. Yeah, no, he's yeah, not, in-game management is we know yeah. is not his strength. Will not be his strength, in my opinion. And he's not something mm-hmm. where he's magically gonna figure it out, right? right. But but we, what we have heard, I think, um, is that he's a great communicator, right, behind yep. the scenes. That he sees the big picture well. Um, that 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 he's. It's almost like he's a better. Um, you know, assistant to the GM, baseball operations, you sure. know, type, you know, as opposed to in the in the dugout, like uh, this hybrid role, you know, would would suit him better. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm wondering, are we selling John Farrell short for uh, not giving him a little bit more credit for keeping the team on the tracks throughout all this? I mean, this not has not been in oh, an easy season. You know, I mean, it definitely has had its its um, its its problems, and the team has kind of consistently, uh, you know, kind of plugged on through. Um, and so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the tone that he sets is an important part of that, and maybe maybe not. Maybe that's highly overrated. Maybe it's just the tone the players set themselves. Well, I mean, people you know. say like what how I react is 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 you know I put too much emphasis on on the manager. They don't really impact the game, and I disagree with that statement so wholeheartedly because. Um, 
like the, if they say, you know, maybe the manager impacts five games a year, you know, well, some of those are wins, some of those are losses. In our case, they seem to be all losses. <laughs> like it's easy to manage a game when you're winning eight to two. It's tough to win the game that you're up three to two. Yeah. Um, we see, I mean, I can, I can look through the whole schedule, but I mean, there are certain decisions that were made that not necessarily lost the game, but certainly were contributing factors. You can go back to, uh, Chris is Chris Young, right? That's yep. the guy. Yeah, you know, like letting him bat against uh, a, a righty um, in a game that you just needed a hit to tie the game um, because you wanted him to get in at bat. You, you can putting it bat a bat in situations where you know he was going to fail. Pitch running Sorry. Stephen Wright in pitch running Stephen Wright. St- uh, Tazawa coming in instead of Ziegler. Yeah. Uh, like, these are games. These are times that you've lost. You didn't help your team win a game. Right. Maybe that wasn't – you don't know how the outcome comes the other way, but there were just logical decisions to, to, do, to do it the other way. It, it seems like the decisions that he – the decisions he makes that fail are decisions where he easily and probably should have gone the other way based on the information he had at hand, right? Um, the decisions that he makes that work out are the decisions that – any sane person would have made. You know what I mean? Like it's like those borderline decisions seem to always go the wrong way. Right. Um, and we've, we've and talked made, about it. Like, and he may make, make a, it. yeah, then he makes his fair share of good decisions, but they're the decisions that almost any sane baseball person would make. It's like, right. you know, so it's not, it, it's not like he's batting zero. It's just the ones in, in, in high leverage points, he's batting zero. Yeah. My <laughs> sign of a good manager is when you're not saying, why are you why this yeah. like yeah. why i mean you can even go back i mean there was a game where i mean kimbrell's coming back from injury and he, he puts him in in a situation with a couple runners on and like in the middle of an inning and you're like oh this this isn't gonna be good and he gets a guy to pop up or something like i mean yeah. it was, it, but he had thrown he was like a he started off two and oh like it, it just it looked like it was going to go really really bad and it ended up working out. So, but it's still like a, when you sit there and you're like, how many times do you have to be in the situation and fail before you just don't do it again and go somewhere else with it? Uh, and he he doesn't do that. He he is the typical. Well, you know, the book says this, so I got to do this. And he doesn't. T- he takes into account the whole picture, yeah. the macro view of it, but he doesn't look at the micro view of it of what has been of late. Uh, yeah. And, and these decisions, like I mean, he put Tazawa in because Tazawa owned Cabrera in 2013. What year is it, Tim? Well, that'd be 2016, Paul. Yeah, and he and okay. he also saw that that Ziggler they, they were Ziggler. four of ten, four for ten and five for fifteen or whatever against Ziggler. Yeah. Now, what I've been told pretty consistently is that pitcher batter versus pitcher numbers don't even start to become remotely meaningful statistically until you're at least at 30 at bats and even right. then it's a fluke like anything under 30 you just throw out the window because it, it means nothing right um and so uh you know i don't know i look despite all this i still mm-hmm. think paul red sox win the al east and have mm-hmm. one of the top let's say not you know they're right up there with texas or whomever uh, one, two, or three in in the AL in in overall record, and you know no one's really distanced themselves like six or seven games out. Um, he he's going to be in the top four in manager of the year candidates in the American oh, if League. If they win, if You're they if that. they win the AL East, 
yeah. they're not, you know, one team doesn't like, let's say Texas doesn't. Harry Francona is you know, manager of the year. It's just not even a question, in my opinion. It. So that's a good. That, that's a good. I mean, Tito might be would 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 be a great, you know, a great option there. Um, and then Buck Showalter, if they get in. I mean, say, the, the, well, that's they're, they're, that's what I say. So a, the, if the Red Sox win, obviously, then Showalter's out and Farrell's in. Or Toronto's out and Showalter wins the wild. He gets in the wild yeah. card. Like I mean, like it, there's certain there. But is it fair to say that he's he's at least a I mean he's going to get votes and he's going to finish in the top five? Maybe that's top thirty three percent. I mean, like that's like and he's not anyways, and that's just because of the record that he would get there. He he's he some ranking came out. He's in the bottom third. He's like the twenty fifth best manager like that. that I figured it's something as, I mean, as measured yeah, by what? Every, I'm very curious about that. Like, but. but like as measured would, by, I mean, what? like as I don't even know. I don't. Was I it honestly like, what, don't. Like, was it a survey of like what people? Yeah, it was thought? like a, no, it was like an ESPN like columnist that rated the managers or something like that. Okay, I well, mean, yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah. okay. There was nothing scientific about it. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can do the scientific polls, like you know that John. You know, John. I mean, I know this is all talk radio and and um, internet garbage, but you know, you the New England Sports Survey poll comes out. Yeah. And John Farrell is. Nowhere to be. I mean, he's like, he's no confidence across the behind, board behind the Revolution coach and yeah. uh, Jay Heaps and Claude Julian, who is yeah. hanging on to his job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and that is, uh, and that's fourteen thousand diehard. Well, I don't know if they're all diehard fans or if you get grandma, but whatever. Fourteen. That's a right. pretty significant poll. Yes, I, I think people have zero confidence in, in in John Farrell and think this team is winning despite him. And and the question is, are they? And then the the follow up question is, can they win a World Series series despite him? And they've done that once before. They've already done that, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and and, and let, let, now let's play this out to this to, to this season because we talked about the starting pitching and that so that's come around. Huge, yeah. I mean, that's been a, a huge help. Um, we talked about we David Ortiz all day, but we have some really good stuff to talk about. Yeah, we right? we haven't talked about, but we talked about David Ortiz. We haven't even touched the promotion of Andrew Benintendi and the performance of Jack Bradley. By yours truly. Yeah, you you got that one. You were one for two, Paul. Farrell yeah. still has a job. Benintendi <laughs> did come up. Um, the performance of Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts in the outfield. Um, it's the, this team. Rick Porcello being a Cy Young Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like sticking with the outfield, I mean, the, the, this team is so fun to watch on a night in, night out basis, um, and those three are such a significant part of that. Um, look at the first two games in Tampa. I mean, you got Benintendi that makes amazing catch. I'm not ready to call it the catch of the year. I'm not ready to call it the catch. Of, you, you know, know I, I saw it, it first, was, Paul. I it, saw it first in slow motion because I missed it, missed it live, and it's yeah. and in slow motion, it looked pretty incredible. When I saw it in real time for the first time, it, it, I then I thought, okay, this this should be talked about pretty significantly because he he it, was, it, it, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was. I mean, and not only that. I mean that turn that we've been waiting for the David Price eight innings, no runs. I mean, yes. the, he saves two runs on that. I mean by. I mean, he was going full speed. It's a phenomenal catch. I mean, it's a low wall. That's the but only even thing. To if catch, I have but one... even to get to the wall, right? Like, yeah. the, the, you yeah. know, he was 
I mean, it didn't even look like he was sprinting and he was going fast. He's, he was it covered gliding. 92 feet. Like, I mean, it was, it was it was crazy. And then the following day, you get Mookie that <laughs> channeled uh, Dwight Evans and, or Dave Winfield, whoever you want it, like two of the best right field arms I've ever seen, and throws a BB to nail a guy in the eighth and, inning. And he picks it up, and it's almost yeah. like he looked at the ball, he looked <laughs> at the runner, and he said, huh. I guess I should throw it. Vroom! All the while, you have the best defensive center fielder not even being a part of any of this. Like yeah. That is how good our outfield is, is that we have three gold glove caliber center fielders playing the outfield. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is to say that this could be fun for a long time is an understatement because this – this could be talked about. You get these guys together for eight years. Yep. It could be talked about as the greatest outfield ever in right. the history. of I'm trying to think, and I, I, I mean, to pull I mean, this, you got Garrett Mantle. I mean, not, yeah. yeah. All right. So give me to pull it out of nowhere. I, I it'd be really hard. Yeah. I've got one that just came to mind, and it's it's no, it's probably not even in the top five, but it's the it's one that stuck with me when I was younger, which was Bonds Bonilla Vance like. Um, yeah. That, the, it, yeah. I mean, that has to be. It, it, you know, one of the better ones. Um, yeah, at the time, that, you, then you got to take the longevity of it. I mean, I, I get yeah, yeah. the Yankees have the greatest ever, and, and they're not going to be the greatest ever. Like, I, I, for, of our generation, let's put it that way. Yep. This has the potential to be the best outfield. Now, with that said, I would not be shocked if Dave Dombrowski sells really high on Jackie Bradley Jr. in the offseason, and you see Andrew Benintendi be the center fielder of the future because that guy is special. There is. I am so – it's hard to say, like, uh, if – we talked about it, like, and I think I conceded that if it was Ben Attendee and some other people but not Mankata for Chris Sale, I was kind of okay and on board yeah. with that. I'm not okay. Like, th- the best thing that happened is that they did that they insisted on Mankata and Ben Attendee, and Dabrowski said no and then right. brought up – because this guy, it's not only his fielding, it's, it's and, his, and his power is not there and all that stuff. Hold on, time but, out. Sandy Leone may hit an inside-the-park home run with David Ortiz on the base pass. No, it did not happen, but it did. It only hit this doubled it the opposite way, and Ortiz right. was ahead of him on the base pass, and it got yeah. by the, the, the left fielder, and we yeah. had two slow people just running around the bases. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. man. I just but I um I I lost my train. Oh, but I mean, I just think that Bennett I mean the way that he squares up the baseball yeah. uh and gets get the bat through the zone he's just going he's going to be a, a special hitter and he looks like someone that that's not going to be prone to a long-term slump. Now it's early. We don't know like people find holes in swings. Yep. We're going we're going to have to see how he rebounds from that, but I see him more along the lines of like not the power, obviously, that exists there, but when Mookie's kind of gone bad for a little while, he gets himself out of it. Mm-hmm. I see Ben Attendee getting himself out of it um, as well. I, it, it, but I'm perfectly fine with all three being in the outfield for for a very, very long time. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting to see. And you know, we we talked about Mookie a little bit. Um, look, I mean, he's he's by the way himself... with those three. I'm sorry, keeping yeah, around yeah. the but those three, we also probably are, we're. Maybe the best player on the team is a little bit of a slump right now, but Bogarts is like not forgotten, but yeah. he's just it's he's no longer like considered like one of the young ones. I don't know. It's like these guys are the face of the franchise, and then you got oh yeah, I got this Bogarts that's like twenty three years old, just right. kind of <laughs> hanging out there at shortstop. And just <laughs> like, wait and, and just wait till you put Moncada at third base. 
Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he becomes the best. I'm look. I he has the potential to be the best of the bunch, right? Based on physical tool set. Now we've never seen him. In, you know, he 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 could be one of these. You know, colossal busts. Um, you know, you just you just never know. But uh, every it, it's just salivating to think of those five together. Um, and then you've got like you know, everyone still says uh, Rafael Devers is you know one of the best third base prospects that people have seen in the minor leagues in some time. I don't know that much about him because he's so overshadowed. <laughs> Except people yeah. say twenty to thirty home run potential and a great and a great third you know fielding third baseman. Um, so, you know, that's, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Um, but back to Mookie for a second, he's played himself, in my opinion, to the top of the AL MVP, you know, uh, consideration set right now. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you have to, well, no, I mean, I think it's, it's very easy to kind of like figure out where, so who are the candidates, right? I mean, you got Trout. Yep. Well, you got Altuve, Trout, Mookie. Uh, uh, Donaldson, Donaldson. I mean, it's re- really based Incar- off of record. Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. one. Is I don't know. Is Machado still? Did, did, did he get? Yeah, uh, and Machado, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. So you got three of those that are in the play. Well, four if you count in Encarnacion, but they'll take votes from each other. So it, it you know, it's not going to happen. It will be one of those. Yeah. Uh, more, more likely Donaldson. I mean, David Ortiz will get some votes. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, continue, continue. Well, my point is, so you, Altuve might be having the best season in the playoff, so he's out, right? Trout, the Anaheim Angels are, if they're not the worst team in baseball, they're one of them. Uh, so he's out, yeah. and he's won a couple, so it's kind of, Luster will, will lose a little on that. I, I think right now it's his to lose. I don't know, I'd be shocked if he doesn't, win it with the way that he he's going right now well i mean if you uh, look the the performance he put on um you know with the with the, in detroit and or wait, wait where was it in baltimore i mean just, just you know, home runs to home runs to to win key games at yep. the most critical time that two game set was so huge in turning around uh, you know the Red Sox season to this. I mean, like at that point, that was the critical juncture, and he put the team on his back against the rival, and and basically won that series. And then to just keep, you know, keep doing it, and then you know, plays like that throw, um, you know, at critical times, just keep adding another rung. And now, um, I see more of those plays and highlights from him than the other guys right now at the time when this is when the, I think the votes count the most. Right. And so I, that's what I, that's what I believe. I mean, he, he's not single-handedly, this has been a team effort, but he is a huge part of this run. Paul, of, without him. Yeah. I don't uh, like, I can't say, I don't know that they, they, they go on this run. I, yeah. Realistically, because if you think about where everybody was struggling, right. Um, the lineup change that happened, and look, let's give Farrell credit here too. He, oh he my God! To, he, he, he makes the lineup change. Yeah. And, and he, he puts, you think he made that lineup change? Well, look. Okay, whoever did. Uh, he, okay. Again, but we talk about like logical decisions. Like, yes, your best hitter, who has a lot of RBIs, and your team's struggling. It shouldn't take you as long as it did. Then I fault him. It shouldn't have taken him that long to move him to the third spot. Like it just like I'm not, 
and I'm not like yes, naturally, it's just a logical thing. It, it, well, I don't know. It, you it, have you have Pedroia who is has has worse numbers at the leadoff spot, right? Like it, it this time it's worked out, but this is the yeah. one time it hasn't often worked out that you put right. Pedroia in the leadoff spot and he doesn't start to you know to 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 suffer a little bit. You you take. Bogarts, who now are you shaking his confidence by taking him out of that three spot, or will he respond? You don't know, right? I think there's risk with with both those guys shuffling them as opposed to keeping them well, there was, where they were. There was there was ways to get Mookie to three. I mean, you could have easily put Bogarts at the top of the order if you wanted to. Yep. I mean, like there there were ways to get Mookie to three when at that time you had let, let's face it. I mean, Ortiz was struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, Hanley was a little banged up. Uh, Bogarts was, yeah, Bogarts was struggling. Uh, the only one that was hitting was Betts. And so, San, Sandy Leone. Sandy Leone, yeah, the great Consistent, Consistently. Well, I mean, he's going to end up with the Silver Slugger Award as a catcher, Paul. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> he's going to hit. He's going to hit. I, I don't know. Is there a chance he'll get enough at-bats to qualify for the batting title? Has anyone no. forecast that out yet? No, there's no way. I think you have to get, like, Is it 400? 400? Four hundred and fifty, I think it is. Okay, I mean, it's 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 pretty well. I mean, talk about. We thought Stephen Wright tweeted would... out, and I don't know if it's true, but he could go for his <laughs> oh for his next hundred and fifty and have his career average. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, Paul. We thought Stephen Wright was the most amazing, like out of nowhere story that we'd see this year. Then and, and he comes in second to Sandy Leon. Well, think about. It. I mean, that, it's it's huge. That Sandy Leon showed up because let's keep in mind Christian Vasquez, complete fizzle yep. this year. Um, looks like he's really kind of hurt himself with inside the organization as well as far as um, maybe a future here. You know, to to get Vasquez to the catching, we move Swihart to left field, um, and he busts up his ankle like game three. Like, yep. and, and again fantastic diagnosis by the Boston Red Sox um, on a uh, medical matter. Yep. Uh, it's now had season-ending surgery and is gone for the year. Uh, so, so you're kind who, I mean, and then I, when's Hannigan, the, I don't even, Hannigan got, has been hurt consistently, yeah. right? Like in and out of the lineup. <laughs> yeah, so where's this? What's going to solidify the catching position? All of a sudden, I don't know. I mean, just a reoccurring. Like no one wanted Sandy Leone. He's sitting down there in Pawtucket. He comes up, he starts hitting, and then – and all of a sudden, like slowly and slowly, like these injuries are happening. He's just taking on a bigger and bigger role, and you just kind of expect the numbers to come back to the mean, and they're not. Like he's just staying above the fold, and it's 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 so odd to me. Like it, it it's it just like how you used to say, like when you were watching Price, you were like, it's got to come back to what he was. Like he, right. it's he's not this bad. Like he's not this unlucky. You keep saying like Sandy Lone is not this lucky. Like it's going to, but it seems like anytime he touches the ball, it hits the hole. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's the one of the most unexpected, wildest things. And you know what the amazing thing is, um, you know, people, the people talk about Vasquez and in his defensive ability, right? Um, and how that, even if he wasn't hitting, could keep him on this team and and be productive. Leon's an above-average defensive catcher. His release time is not quite Vasquez, but it's still, uh, you know, pretty damn good. And they say he doesn't frame; he takes pitches out of the zone more than than Vasquez did, and so maybe his framing isn't quite as good. Um, but you know, on the whole, he could hit two thirty, and with his defense, still be someone that is a productive catcher for this team. 
and has played himself. Look, he he's he, he's on this roster for the next couple of years. He's 28. Um, yeah. I think he's he is the backup catcher or the starting catcher for this team for the next three or four years. And I forgot when we got him, we got him last year, right? I mean, everyone was kind of shaking their head, like, why? Like with all the catches we have, why are we picking up this guy? Yeah. Uh, thank God we did. Ben Charrington did some good things. Like we we've shit on him enough. <laughs> That's he, a good point. He certainly is, he's 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 made some decent decisions. Uh, right up right up there with my favorite ever was is is drafting uh, Andrew Benintendi last year, uh, with his yeah. last move. Uh, we got a we got a pretty bright future in Boston if we can get some pitching. Like I mean I know we have pitching now and it's settled down. If the down, pitching but, continues, right? Yeah. Like if this I mean in, in Porcello again tonight he hasn't and been we can he hasn't been them. yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, we have to. Por- we're gonna Por- have to replace people. Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna we, say Porcello hasn't been perfect tonight, but he's still gonna end up, you know, with a quality start, a few- and and yeah. and he's chugging on through. If if you just get this, you know, these type of outings from these pitchers consistently, um, and the bullpen just shows up, right? Like they can blow a few. It's gonna happen. Let's not. You know, we can't expect perfection from this bullpen because they're let's not, not going to be. Let's not forget how dissipated the bullpen is. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, people want to shit on Dabrowski, and I'm not. I mean, it sounds like I'm a Dabrowski supporter, but I mean, he got the pieces. Like at that point, it's these guys got to like. You can you can say, well, Ziegler has been up and down and all that stuff. Well, Ziegler was pitching to the same. I mean, well, maybe maybe not the same people, but he was getting that. I mean, you look at his numbers. He's not pitching against the Diamond Bats. He's pitching against everyone else. Um, you talk about a bod, like a bod. He sucks right now, right? I mean, he's horrible. But he was pitching against the same people and doing a really good job in Minnesota. And, and you know what? That games. was such a – look, there were not – name me outside of Andrew Miller. Who, who was the lefty that you were going to go get? They had to go get somebody. And, right. and you could say, oh, they should have kept Tommy Lane. He's pitched better, you know, when he'd been in New York. We, we've seen Tommy Lane. Right, yeah. Robbie Ross was ahead of Tommy Lane in the depth chart, so you take a flyer on someone, and if it doesn't work, oh well, right? Like he goes to yeah. the end of the line. I think Robbie Ross is plenty competent enough to take the oh, to take confident. that spot. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very comfortable with Robbie Ross Jr. Um, coming out of the pen in the seventh inning in, the, in in a tight spot. And you know what? I'm fine with Matt Barnes being that eighth inning guy and just. You know, live with this. Live with the faults. I'm not okay with Barnes being the eighth inning guy. I think I think Ziegler's the eighth inning guy. Barnes is your. Well, yeah, I guess here's what I say: strikeout. Ziegler needs Ziegler needs to Ziegler needs to be used in a situation where, whether it's the sixth, seventh, or eighth, when you've got that that string of righties, right? I would rather him be used situationally first than innings than than. You know, slotted the eighth. I think he's more valuable. I don't care where they pitch, except Kimball pitches the ninth. I don't care yeah. where anyone else is. But people like Ziegler, um, in particular, I think needs to start an inning clean. I think That's a bringing point. him in. Now people say. Now people will argue that they'll say, "Well, he's the ground ball pitcher. He'll get the ball on the ground." And uh, but if there's runners on first and second, and he gets the ball on the ground and gets through the hole. Guess what? It's a blown opportunity. Yeah. It's not a double play. Uh, Plus, Barnes kind of seems made for that that spot. I think that's what that's why I don't that's why I like Barnes not being the eighth inning guy and being the guy Fair. that comes in and puts out fire. But but I, I just think with the you know, you really gotta watch the, the righty lefty mix with Ziggler where you know, with Barnes I think it's a little less important. 
Yeah. Right. I, so I, that's that's but, the only where where I say you kind of go that's back and forth. you can have Ziegler yeah. going in, and then if he gets in a little bit of trouble, and there's some right. lefties coming up, you can then go to Barnes. Like there's just it's assuming you haven't used them. My point is, uh, I think there are certain situations, and that. A person like Ziegler should be starting the inning. He was a closer. He's used to yeah. coming in in the ninth inning. Um, he's taking on a different role. Let's simulate that as much as possible for him so that he's successful. That's what it is. Like These guys don't suck. It's managing a bullpen. And again, I'm hopping back on my Farrell thing. But yeah, th- there is. It's a weakness. Like, I, I said it. I said, I said and I don't I have no idea if there's any validity to this, but where he put Abad in his first appearance in Boston with new teammates in the situation, I think is Ruined a factor on, on where he is today. Yeah. You did not set him up in a position for success. And you can say, well, he's really good against lefties. Well, Robinson, Robinson Cano is a pretty effing good hitter. <laughs> like, And he's... Yep. Pretty certain he has pretty good numbers against lefties, just as much as he does against righties. Maybe not the same, but he certainly hit home runs off him, and yep. he certainly is not uh, someone that bats 120 against left-handed pitching. It wasn't the right situation to put him in. He chose to do that, and we are where we are today with a bot. Uh, fair point. T- bullpen. I have t- two two questions for you. Um, I don't know if we have answers for him, but. The first is, assuming Clay Buckholtz is the guy that goes back to the pen, do you start, given how he's pitched, and how he pitched out of the pen before he went back into the rotation, do you start to test him out in high-leverage situations in the 7th and 8th inning? Absolutely. Um, and do, do you trust him to come in? Do you Does he always have to get a clean inning, or he can he be a guy that comes in to stop a you know to try and stop a you know the the floodgates if needed. Well, I think it's how he really reacts to going back to the bullpen. Um, if he does go back to the bullpen, uh, and how they're going to like if he goes back to the bullpen. So let's say you know John Farrell today on the radio said, uh, you know it looks like Clay would be the odd man out. Didn't yep. say he was going back, but let's say he just puts him back there. Now does that mean that John Farrell you know waits for the we're down eight to one in the fourth inning to use clay once every 12 days, or is he going to start putting him in those situations in where he's a regular part of the rotation, like going in, uh, if he starts using them that way, I think all that expands and the more time, the better, especially leading into the postseason. Uh, so, you know, he gets really good success, you know, coming in starting the seventh inning of a three, two game and shutting him down. You put the door over to Ziegler or Barnes, whoever it is. And then on to Kimbrell and you win the game, builds confidence. Well, I'm going to say, who, uh, speaking of building confidence, the other thing you have to do with someone like Buckholz is you don't try and squeeze that second inning out of him. If he gets something clean, even yeah. though he has more in the tank, you, you let him have success and you move to the next guy. It, too many times Farrell tries to squeeze that extra little bit and it turns a great confidence building experience into something that ends up more shaky I, I feel like consistently he you know that's that's something that he you know he well, go back to when De- De- Derek Lowe I mean pitched on a day rest or two days rest in the 2004 game against uh, yep. like I, I don't know the exact numbers but it might have been six innings or maybe even got into the seventh pitched the seventh inning you know but he went back to the dugout and he looked at Tito he's like he just like whatever you do just don't let me die out there like <laughs> you know, I, I've given you everything I can. Take right. me out, and that—that's a manager that just you know knows, and then you know made the switch. And whenever Pedro came in, was you made a terrible move. We could, <laughs> you know, the decision of who he put in was horrible, <laughs> but it was just like pitchers know. Like I mean, it yeah. is important. 
it is important for them to leave with confidence. Like Derek Lowe had nothing left in the tank in that game, and he certainly didn't want to go out there in the seventh or the eighth inning, whatever it was, and be the one that coughed up this huge lead um, and gave you know, and the Yankees again crushed the Red Sox. Paul, don't look at your television. Yeah, that's a that's an injury. Oh no. Oh no. What happened? Well, just for recap the listeners, uh, Ben Intendi going uh hit, hits a double. He's going from uh the then the batter behind him hits a ground ball to the shortstop. Ben Intendi's trying to avoid the tag and he, he kind of catches his knee a little bit. I, oh, it's an ankle. But it'll be alright. It's right. an ankle? I would I'd feel better about a twisted ankle than than a uh, a jammed oh twist yeah it I don't know Paul it, that his cleat stuck yeah. um so it's he's getting he's getting helped off the field right now uh not very gingerly um yeah my so we'll, you know look let's go through the scenarios the. The worst case scenario is an ACL, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, like if we look at the play, um, he he's you know stretches in. I mean, the ankle definitely twists. Uh, goes on its side, and he's not uh, putting much weight on it. I think it's the ankle. Well, you know, like. I tend to think rolled ankles are a best case scenario in times like this, right? Like, but all right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. So, uh, if you're still listening to the end of the show, uh, we're we, we may be ending on a little bit of a downer, or uh, or or be following up next week saying, "Whew, we dodged a bullet there." But hopefully, not much. Uh, yeah, hopefully everything comes back well. Uh, for for Benintendi um, with the medical reports, although I don't know, do we trust medical? Well, the Red Sox <laughs> medical staff with ankles, Paul. It'll be a day. He'll be out a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, not sure what to do with that information. Not sure where the conversation was going. For though we were talking about the you know the bullpen, Derek yeah. Lowe, and and all that good stuff. But uh, look, the the just to continue that, the last question I had is: Does Joe Kelly have any spot? Um, in this bullpen, uh, Tim, I have like, a spot do you give him, bullpen. do you give him one, do you give him one more chance to kind of earn a postseason spot, um, in, in, before September or with a September call up and see, you know, cause he, he's, he's the type of player where he goes down to triple a and he can dominate triple a hitting with the power, right. And the speed. Um, but we know that that speed doesn't play when it's straight in the major leagues. I mean, that's been proven consistently now. Um, and, you know, but do, do we give him a chance to see if, if, you know, if, if he sticks a little bit, um, because that's the Damn, type I'd of guy give, I'd, I'd give you or me a chance. In the bullpen. <laughs> like, I mean, until the bullpen is solidified, I mean, it can't hurt. Right. Right. Like, again. So like, if it, it's put someone on the DL, I mean, if it's put Dizau on the DL and you have to replace him with uh, Joe Kelly, injured or just has a dead arm or whatever it is, but he's not getting out. So you're, in my opinion, yes, until you get someone better than Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly's an option. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I think that's someone that you should 
you, you you know if Tazawa is eating up a spot here, it's it's worthwhile to see if Joe Kelly you know can, can do better. Um, so you know the good news is there are lots of options out there, right? You know, and and, and to follow up on this Benintendi thing, it, this would be horrible if um, and it didn't look pretty. Um, but let's not forget we just got Chris Young back. Uh, you know, there's still Brock Holt who started the season with Chris Young as you know in left field platooning, and the offense was. Was okay. It would be a terrible blow, um, but at the same time, not most ins- people not are insurmountable. It, yeah, most people are saying it's 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 agree with me. It's the ankle, but I mean you're not going to know. I mean that was, that I, was did, a did, I, I do like this the, this tweet from Brian McPherson. Uh, that's the second ugliest ankle injury suffered by a Red Sox left fielder this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, but yeah, it did. My it, favorite, it, my favorite is Maz that says nice base running. <laughs> he did not, did he? Yes, he did. Oh God. Well, um, look, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, the this is where you know you look at Chris Young and 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 Brock Holt, and, and you have depth. And then we talked about Moncada. You know, would he have mm-hmm. a position um, and a place? Well, hey, <laughs> move him left. You just <laughs> you, you never know. Anyway, maybe you could you could damage another left fielder. Um, with promise. No. But hey, okay, that's awful loud there, Paul. Karabas <laughs> put out a fat uh, uh, Pablo oh, picture. A fat panda he, pop talking. <laughs> yeah. His, well, the, well, whatever. That's not good. Radio. We're not doing good radio right now. <laughs> I think things, things really fell off. Things really fell off the rails when Ben Attendi uh, <laughs> twisted his ankle there, Paul. Um, all right. Well, th- look. We'll keep the uh, we'll keep the happy shiny thoughts that, that we had before that injury rolling forward into next week's show. Hopefully, the Red Sox can kind of finish off this series in Tampa um, and, and end up. What I think they can go nine and two, you know, eight and three on this road trip, um, and you know, that would be miles better than we thought. And then, look, you mentioned it: the Royals coming to town. That's a huge series, um, you know, to kind of, against a real hot team at Fenway, and then, you know, we've got Tampa, uh, I mean, sorry, Toronto, you know, squarely in the in in the distance, and that's going to be a huge, um, you know, kind of pennant-chasing series. I mean, the division could hang on, you know, these upcoming series against the Blue Jays. Um, so, lots of exciting baseball, and uh, we'll be back next week to, to talk more about it. Thanks, y'all, for listening.